You have a right to give us a call here on Your Rights at Work. Chris Garlock here once again with Ed Smith. Hey, if you've got questions about your workplace rights, the ones you have, the ones you don't have, the ones you wish you had, give us a call, 202-588-0893. We will do our best to answer those questions. Ed, welcome back, brother. You got a little something-something for us? Always good to be here, Chris. Good to see you on Zoom. Good to be out on the airwaves. And, uh, uh, I do have a little something. Breaking news. OSHA has issued finally um, their uh, regulations on COVID protection for healthcare workers. We've been fighting for this. It was a temporary standard uh, that uh, the Biden administration actually let lapse, and we've been fighting for them to bring it back. And they, uh, OSHA issued it today or last night, and uh, it should be moving forward uh, hopefully rapidly to. Uh, uh, allow for protection of healthcare workers. So that's uh, some nice, really exciting news. Well, and, uh, well done, well done. Yeah, always good to be here. Hey, Chris, uh, you know, I heard there's something called the Lady uh, Radio Podcast Network, Labor Radio Podcast Network. Tell me about that a little bit. Well, Ed, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. That would be over 150 labor radio and podcast shows just like this. If you like this one, you're going to love them. Laborradionetwork.org. Hey, on today's show, hundreds, I think maybe thousands of union members spent the last few weeks door knocking across the state of Georgia, which is not a small state, by the way. Uh, and they're working to get out the union vote to reelect Reverend Raphael Warnock. Uh, uh, to the U.S. Senate on Tuesday night, which did happen. Um, and there were a number of D.C. area union members who were down there uh, in Georgia. And we have several of them with us today, uh, including Amy Millar. She's at UFCW 1994 McGeo that uh, represents Montgomery County workers. And also Darlene Butler-Jones and Billy Osborne. They're with UFCW 400 that represents D.C. area supermarket workers. So uh, welcome to Your Rights at Work, guys. Thanks for, Thanks having, for us. having us. Uh, Amy, let me start with you. You texted me this picture of a very uh, soggy looking <laughs> Amy on uh, Tuesday morning. I, I texted you to see if you could be on the show. It, it looked like you had a monsoon going on down there. What, what was happening on, on Election Day? So uh, that, I think that was the day before, uh, but both days were rainy, uh, and certainly that Monday was uh, felt like a monsoon. Um, it was it was nonstop from the night before to to uh, to the day after. So it was a it was a heavy rain, but we kept at it. Now you took a crew of nineteen ninety four nineteen ninety four folks down there, I think, right? Yeah, there were five of us from our our local, and uh, I think there was over thirty from just from UFCW, you know, from various locals. So well, let me introduce also uh, uh, Billy uh, and also uh, Darlene. Uh, Billy, it looks like to uh, tell me about uh, you know you had four hundred. What was the size of the crew from four hundred? The size of the group was only four. Uh, there was two of us from the D.C. area, 
and two from the Richmond area. And hi, Amy, I recognize you. And yes, Monday was the monsoon. <laughs> Tuesday was almost as bad, but it was quite a challenge. But um, our team from Local 400, we did a fantastic job, and it was a pleasure to be down there. And let's get Darlene on this uh, in on this as well. Darlene uh, Butler-Jones, welcome to your rights of work. And you were down there as well with the 400 crew, yes? I think we've got to get Darlene unmuted. Yes, I was. And hello, yeah. Amy. I recognize you also. <laughs> yes. I was the one that told you when we were eating breakfast, flip your vest back over on the right side. Yeah, she helped the sister out when I was coming out yeah. discombobulated. There we go. That's it's all it's all about helping each other out. So let me let me ask you uh mm -hmm. about what what the plan was and, and uh, what it was like, which, which area of Georgia were you in and, and what were you actually doing? Let me go back and start with Amy and, and how long were you down there for? So uh, we were there uh, nine, 10 days, depending on when, when people got in, uh, working every day. Uh, we were in sort of the Atlanta suburbs on the Northeast side, Gwinnett County. Um, and um, we were, uh, you know, working through uh, through a coordinated uh, program. I know, uh, not coordinated with the campaign, sorry, it's independent expenditure, but coordinated by uh, Unite Here. So, you know, they were on the ground working in another part of the Atlanta uh, metropolitan region, um, as were so many folks from, you know, from labor working their own, you know, our own various sections of the of the metropolitan area. Uh, I have another question, but a couple of things. One is, folks, if you've got questions uh, for our guest, 202-588-0893 is how you join the conversation. Of course, Ed Smith, uh, you feel free uh, to jump in at any time. But uh, Billy, I wonder if you could sort of paint a picture. I mean, I've certainly done my share of canvassing in the D.C. area, and I'm sure you have as well. Uh, maybe give our listeners a picture of what it was like down there in Atlanta. I've only like driven through Atlanta. I've certainly never gone door to door. What what were some things that were same or different? Or give us a picture of what that was like. Okay, um, I'll start as as our morning started. We would have our daily meeting at 10 a.m. in the hotel that we were put it, up in. We would receive our turf and then we would go our separate ways. Uh, we were usually I was usually with a local 400 and we were in a Norcross area of Atlanta. Um, it, it was a, a very successful area. Um, I've never canvassed and had so many doors open up. So we felt like that was a great success. We talked to so many other people down there. Um, the one day that we didn't canvass um, in the morning was Saturday morning. Um, that day we attended a rally with uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock. And uh, it was a fantastic rally. He he was such an inspirational guy. I loved everything he said, and I was proud to be part of his team or, or, or proud to assist him in the work that we did. Um, Atlanta is very different. The traffic flows so nice. I mean, I'm from the D.C. area, and I'm used to stop and go. Atlanta was just so big, and the traffic flowed so nice. Um, we attended the um, the election watch party on Tuesday night, and that was a pleasure. There was thousands of people there, and you know, as we we had CNN on in in the uh, venue, and we kept seeing 
Herschel up, Herschel down, Warnock up, Warnock down. But when he ultimately was proclaimed the winner, it was such a relief knowing that we had spent 10 days because we went down on November 28th and we flew back yesterday, the 7th. So I believe we spent 10 days. Um, and like I say, it was a lot of work. And those last two days with the monsoon, it just, it tried all of our patients, but um, it was a pleasure. And I thank Local 400. I want to give a shout out to all the people there for trusting us and for allowing allow that we were representing them it was just a, a pleasure and an honor thanks billy uh ed yeah, yeah you know that's uh, pretty exciting um i was down in selma for a march i don't know four or five years ago and we were about 50 miles away from a tornado that hit in georgia and uh so i know what the the monsoon rain is like down there it's pretty crazy um Darlene, uh, first of all, how long were you down there for? And then uh, give me some of your reactions. And then was there any kind of worry that that kind of rain would, uh, you know, stall a little bit of the turnout among the Dems? Um, uh, you know, I know that there was a lot of early voting, but uh, I'm sure that it was necessary to get as many people out on the day of the polling. If you want to unmute again, Darlene, we'd love to hear from you. First, let me say, I agree with everything that Bill Osborne just said. All I can do is piggyback on that. And I was there the same amount of time with him. And as far as the rain, it did not stop the people. We were driving through Lawrenceville and Norcross, and you could see the lines of people doing the early voting with umbrellas and raincoats and rain boots. It did not stop them at all. And the ones that we knocked on their doors, they were very polite, very nice very respectful, and they told us we are going to vote, or either they had already went out and voted, because he was their man. They were very excited and very willing to talk to us and share stories. It was a wonderful, extremely great experience, and I will think about that for the rest of my life. Uh, that's, that's wonderful, Darlene, and I want to give a quick shout out. There's a musician friend of mine from San Francisco that's been uh, um, hosting various music events over the past few years uh, in support of candidates uh, uh, in, in the fight. Uh, and he did some down in Florida, was unsuccessful. But he personally went down to Georgia for a few days uh, before the election. His name is Pete Cronowit. And uh, Pete, I'm sure you're probably not listening to this, but uh, power to you, man. Great musician, too. Chris? Yep, we're well, listening to your rights at work. We're talking to some folks that uh, traveled down to the Georgia uh, state of Georgia and uh, worked on getting out the vote uh, in Tuesday's uh, rerun um, of the uh, Senate election. Uh, we're talking to Amy Millar. She's at UFCW 1994 uh, McGeo. The union represents Montgomery County workers. Also Darlene Butler-Jones, you just heard from, and Billy Osborne. They're with UFCW Local 400. Uh, most of their folks work for D.C. area supermarket workers. Amy, one of the things that I was kind of worried about was those poor folks in Georgia. I mean, you know, I mean, this is a, a Senate seat that opened up two years ago. So they were inundated, you know, with, you know, millions and millions of dollars worth of ads two years ago. Uh, close election then. Uh, then they had the general, you know, back in November. Um, and as I recall, Warnock was only a few thousand votes short of getting the 50% that he needed to avoid a runoff. 
and then you know so then and then the the uh the republicans i believe had shortened the amount of time for uh, a runoff can you talk a little bit about that but i mean i, I know how it gets in, here in the dc area sometimes you know for campaigns where you can't turn on the tv or the radio without hearing an ad georgia must have been even worse yeah there uh there was a lot of concern, you know, from my end that all of those negative ads and, you know, perhaps just voting fatigue yeah. would depress turnout, uh, but it, it hasn't. And I think it that speaks a lot to like the tremendous effort that's ongoing. You know, we parachuted down and I know we helped push things over the edge, but there's been work by local organizations uh, that has been going on for for years. Um, I think it's uh, it's something we all need to look at in terms of the the organizing that's happened there. Um, I know, you know, there was number one, one thing that surprised me about the area that I was in was the diversity. Um, you know, we we knew there'd be, you know, African-Americans, white people. There were tons of new immigrants um, hmm. that were citizens that were voters, big Vietnamese communities, huge Latino communities, Indian um, Chinese. Uh, I, I spoke to, uh, in one day, I think folks from seven or eight different countries. Um, you know, so that, that, that level in terms of what kind of what surprised me, it's not my image, uh, that is clearly outdated of what, you know, what the population of Atlanta, uh, in the surrounding communities uh, is, um, and some of those, again, uh, some of those folks, you know, were like, I did vote, I did vote already, um, thinking the general election. So there was still a little bit of confusion from some some folks. But I think overall, the efforts by um, by Governor Kemp, by others in, in Georgia to suppress turnout have backfired. I think if you tell people, sometimes you tell people you're going to make it harder and play games, it, it opens up a whole nother level of, of motivation to, uh, to get out the vote. Um, when I started really feeling confident about this election is when I saw some of those precincts with those hour and a half long lines for early voting. Uh, folks who are going to get in that line, and and these were, you know, these were our voters. This was, uh, they weren't going to be deterred. I, I felt strongly, and you know, in, in terms of those those watching the results come in, I was fielding a lot of texts and and Facebook comments from out of town with folks really concerned. I'm like, nope, nope. call isn't in. You know, some of our areas are not in. Like, we are good. We are good. Um, and it was really that early. Early voting, um, you know, we got info from Gwinnett County, where where we primarily were, that the early vote and absentee voting um, in the general election, um, it, it, we had an increase of six points. So, um, so wow. almost the opposite of voter, you know, fatigue has happened. It was it was six points higher. Um, you know, I wanted to have thought that, but tremendous respect for the people of. Uh, of the Atlanta area. Quick, quick follow-up before I uh, go to uh, Ed, but just to a uh, couple of your points there, um, you know, Georgia has been kind of ground zero, you know, for a bunch of these efforts by the Republicans and the legislature, as you said, to suppress turnout, sort of where they've been trying, you know, isn't it Georgia where they had this thing where you can't give folks waiting in line water yes. and stuff? Yeah, yeah. And I remember... I remember thinking like I would go and get arrested giving, you know, people waiting to vote water. That just seemed like the most ridiculous, the idea that you could somehow buy a vote with, you know, a bottle of water is is almost insulting 
to me. Uh, but can you talk a little bit more about that? Because it just seems so important, you know, at this day and age of all of this questions being raised about access to voting and, you know, stolen votes and stuff like that. And it didn't really seem to work. No, like I said, I think it it, it ignited in so many people. It, it reaffirmed, I mean, I mean, obviously we have this huge history of, of, of so many folks being disenfranchised in our country and the fight that, you know, it wasn't very long ago fighting for that basic right to vote. And I think what we saw were people saying, you aren't going to take that away from me. Um, I'm going to make sure I, I get out there and vote. Um, and again, it also speaks to the organizing that's been going on the ground, go, you know, going on for all of this time. I think without that, I, you know, I think we can't just sit back and say, oh, these Republican efforts are not successful. People are going to go out and vote. No, I, there was organizing that happened, right, to reaffirm that and and to, to have those conversations with people so they're willing to stand up and and do what's necessary to make sure their vote was was cast and counted um and then again you know with folks across the country coming in to help push that over over the edge you know we can't we can't take it the, the republican efforts backfired but we can't take that for granted it wouldn't have happened without the organization happening yeah those are very, those are very good points amy and i wanted to kind of follow up on that a little bit with you billy um when you were out canvassing, you know, I'm not sure how many hundreds of people you talked to, but uh, when you were out canvassing, did that issue come up from from uh, the residents? Did they say, listen, I'm really nervous about having to sit in line for four hours or I'm going to sit in line for as long as it takes? And uh, were there any um, issue discussions that you might want to share with us? Uh, we had a few and a lot of people were upset that they had voted in the, in the election uh, and that they had to re vote again for the runoff. And it confused some of the uh, voters. But uh, Mama D, who is my partner, she emphasized that, you know, she, she's in, in her 60s. And early in her life, she wasn't a, there weren't time, there were, you know, generation before her, they didn't get to vote or they were, didn't have the right or they weren't treated equal. And just now that it's a privilege to, uh, vote because your ancestors have been so been through so much and climbed the mountain just so the young people can get the vote out. And she was so fantastic telling this this story that you know it's your it's your privilege, but it's also your obligation to get out and vote. And a lot of people were in line for an hour and a half, and we spoke to people that had already voted. And one lady said she was in line two hours and fifteen minutes, but she said she would not pass up the opportunity to vote just because her great great grandmother would be so proud of her and it was just it was really nice to uh go by the polls and see the line so long and knowing that those people were going to stick it out in there to get their vote so they will be counted it, it was a, it was a pleasure just the whole ordeal down there it was just an amazing event that i will never forget and I would love the opportunity to do again in the future. That's uh, very inspiring, Bill, and I appreciate it. Uh, Darlene, you have any comments along those lines? Uh, uh, stories of voters that uh, you know knew that they they couldn't lose this precious right to vote, and they would do whatever they whatever it took to vote. And uh, your feelings on. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of people out in the audience who probably have never canvassed before, so maybe your feelings on that as well. 
Hello? Again? Yep. Yeah, all I come can, on in. All I can, I'm in. All I can say is, first of all, let me thank Billy for that shout out about what I did. And I do it from the passion of my heart. I do it for my members. And I do it for my grandchildren. Because I want them to know what a privilege and a pleasure it is to be able to vote and exercise your right and use your voice. Like he said, it was a wonderful experience. I met some people down there who were so polite. Even the young people touched me. They was, yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Something I'm not used to hearing too much. <laughs> I'm serious. When I go into the convenience stores, usually, you know, I have to look for someone to help me. As soon as I walked in the door, good morning, ma'am, can I help you? I'm like, ooh, that was, <laughs> that was really a pleasure. And second of all, there was one lady when we went to Norcross, Georgia. What's the elderly lady? She's, I'm 64 myself, so I'm giving her like 10 years over me, if I remember correctly. She opened her door with a wonderful smile, hello, telling me and Bill that she had already voted. Everyone in her house had voted. And she even came out of her doorway and was pointing to us on both sides of her street, <laughs> telling us neighbors she had already knew had voted because they all had gathered and went together. And then at the end of that, and it was raining that day. She said, I thank you for coming and keep up the good work and be safe. That's a memory that I will hold in my heart forever and ever. Mm. You're touching our hearts, Darlene, <laughs> and, and Billy and, and Amy. Hey, Amy, which is, uh, as we're wrapping up here, I'm just wondering, and, 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 and Billy and, and Darlene, feel free to jump in. Um, lessons that you're bringing back here. I, I know you've all done work locally here in the D.C. area, but uh, you know, not not talking about anything right away. We all need a break. The holidays are coming up, so I'm not you know I'm not, <laughs> not talking about that. But I'm just curious about uh, you know looking ahead. Obviously, 2024 is going to be a big one. Um, but I'm just wondering if there are you know, lessons uh, that that you've uh, you're, you're looking to maybe apply locally. Let me go to Amy. Yeah, I, I mean, this just reaffirmed, I think, a lot of what we we know, um, that there's no substitute for for being in the field at all, right? Um, the, the negative ads and everything weren't able to, to pierce that because of that organizing, you know, that we jumped in at the end, but people have been doing all along, so we need to do more of that here. Um, you know, we have plenty of of examples, uh, you know, the gubernatorial was a landslide this year, um, but we can look at local elections or a county executive, you know, and a primary one by 32 votes, right? So we know our our work 100%, it matters. It changes people's lives, just that act of having those conversations with people in the community or our labor brothers and sisters when we're doing labor to labor canvases. So we just, it just reemphasizes what, you know, what we know to be true in terms of, of being out there and having those those conversations. Billy, any any final thoughts? Uh, well, we had <clears throat> before we flew down to Atlanta. It was only ten days prior to that we had just finished up a campaign uh, for Wes Moore in Maryland. Uh, local four hundred sent us out to represent him, and uh, we canvassed then uh, for him. And uh, it, it was the same. It just yes. door to door and just beating knocking down doors and talking to people and spreading the word and even at our lunch we would people would come over to us what are these brochures um we would tell them what it's all about and uh it, that was our first winning campaign mama d and i have been on several campaigns together we've, we've never 
supported a winner and it felt so good <laughs> and then when we came back we were we were like okay that's that's all done and then the union called us again local 400 and said would you mind going down to georgia we said absolutely not uh it, it was a we, we looked we were so happy to, that we were going to go down and make a difference and and take the experiences from the campaign we had just finished into this campaign and it just made it so much just experience makes a good canvasser because as soon as you open the door you, you kind of feel the person out and then your your spiel it just flows out and um you get, can get to that person and it, it was just a pleasure um in 2024 i look forward to it i, I hope i'm invited out and um I'll give it a hundred percent, just like we did in every campaign this year that we were in. Thanks, Billy. And uh, Mama D, we're going to give you the last word. We just got about thirty seconds, but uh, uh, any last thoughts? Oh, we lost. We you, you went. You went the other way. You went. All, there you go. There you go. All I can say is, thank you. Stand up and step up for twenty four. I think we can do that. Thank you. Stand up and step up. All right. You heard it from Mama D. I, that uh, appreciated all of you for for going down there, representing, and for bringing home the win. It's great, great work. Thanks to Amy Millar. She's at UFCW Local 1994. Darlene Butler Jones, Mama D, and Billy Osborne, both from Local 400. Thank you so much. And hey, enjoy your holidays, guys. Thank you. You thank you. All right. You're listening to Your Rights at Work here on WPFW. Up next, we'll be visiting with area Starbucks workers and going to find out why they're organizing. And a big, big rally is going to be happening tomorrow. But first, here's a little Georgia on a fast train from Billy Joe Shaver. We'll be right back. Get my share of mine. And I 
Thanks so much for listening to Your Rights at Work here on WPFW. Thanks, as always, Kalia Chapman for engineering and keeping us on the straight and narrow. Everybody take care, and we will see you in a couple weeks. Happy holidays, everybody. Be safe. Brazilians, coffee beans grow by the billions, so they've got to find.